I am uh, especially excited. I felt like the Lord's just been just laying this message on me all week long. Um, that's just, I would say, like very timely for the body of Christ and where we are right now. I, I pray that it, it is received that way. I pray that it comes out that way. Uh, but I believe that's how the Lord's been putting it on me and how he's been stirring it up in me. And so let's begin by going to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 3, if you have your Bibles with you. 1 Samuel chapter 3. There will not be scriptures on the screen. Good reason to have brought your Bible tonight, right? <laughs> I'll be reading out of the New King James. Uh, we'll read 11 verses. And it's basically an opening story about a boy named Samuel when he gets called by God. Now, boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. Eli is the priest. And the, listen to this next statement because this is really kind of what drives the message tonight. It says, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and there was no widespread revelation. Another translation says the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no open vision. Okay. And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow dim, that he could not see. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, the Lord called to Samuel. And then he answered, Here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. So the Lord speaks to Samuel, and Samuel thinks that it's Eli talking at this beginning point. By the way, Samuel is just a boy. He's probably about 12 years old. And he's serving in the house of the Lord. Goes on to say, uh, the, the boy said to Sa the Samuel, or the Eli said to the boy, I did not call, lie down again. And so he went and laid down. And then the Lord called yet again. So we have a second time. Samuel. So Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. And he answered, I did not call, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And so the Lord called Samuel again a third time. And so he rose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you did call me. And Eli perceived, listen, this third time now, Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down and it shall be if he calls you that you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood, that's mind-blowing, and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. So we see it repeated twice here. And Samuel answered, speak, for your servant hears. And in verse 11, it says, so the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. Wow. Wow. This is a great story. But this part that it opens up with where it says the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation or there was no open vision. It was not a time where God's voice was being heard abundantly. And if you look throughout the Bible, you look through Scripture, and you study the different eras and periods of time, this is what you'll find. There were eras and periods of time where the voice of the Lord was increased. The rate of speaking, meaning the frequency, the intensity by which God was speaking was elevated. Does that make sense? There were times of increased speaking. Why was it that there was not widespread revelation? Why was it that the voice of the Lord was rare in those days? You begin to understand a little bit more around that when you read this whole story. Because 
the sons of the priest Eli were actually profaning the priesthood. They were the next up-and-coming priests that would take over for their father Eli. And they were abusing the priesthood. They were not honoring the Lord properly. They were corrupting it. And so this had been going on for some time, actually. And the word of the Lord is not going to be prevalent in our lives when we're not seeking God and honoring God with a pure heart. And so I believe that the Lord said this to me this week. And this is why I say that I hope, you know, the Lord will minister it to you this way. So if this be the word of the Lord, then the word of the Lord, then the Holy Spirit would witness this to you. But I believe that the Lord said that we are getting ready to come into a speaking season. We're getting ready to come into a speaking season where the voice of the Lord will be elevated it will be increased both in frequency and in intensity. We see here that the Lord called three times to Samuel. And in the last time, he said his name twice. It's increasing in frequency and in intensity. But God is, is not going to just stop because there's been a, a, a bad turn in the leadership of the land Actually, what God decides to do is something very interesting. He decides to awaken a younger generation to his voice. Isn't that powerful? And I believe with all my heart that the Lord is saying, we're getting ready to come into a speaking season. It's part of the preparation for what God is getting ready to do in our land. I believe the church is getting ready to see some great days. But there's a big part of us walking in that that will require us to train our ear. To hear what the voice of the Lord sounds like. And most importantly, what the voice of the Lord is saying in this generation here right now. You know, God always has something to say, but what he has to say throughout the generations is specifically geared towards what's happening in that period of time. And there are things, how many know, that what we're going through in our world today, it's unprecedented. Many things that none of us or even history really records happening before. But how many know that the voice of the Lord the wisdom of God can cut through and penetrate any of that fog that we may be walking in. And so this is a word tonight that I am calling, it's time to listen. It's time to listen. You see, I have noticed over the last couple of years that the rate and the frequency in which God has been speaking even to me in my own time with the Lord, prayer and preparation. In fact, a little over two years ago, I made a decision. Uh, the Lord just convicted me on this, that I was going to start devoting the majority of my time every week to prayer and study of the Word. I had not been doing that in the beginning days of the church. I probably studied and prepared like maybe one day a week for the weekend service. The rest was administrative meetings and leadership stuff, and believe me, there was plenty of it to do, and there always will be. But the Lord really convicted me and said, son, I need you to devote more time. I need you to make your number one priority prayer and study of the word. And as I did that, a little over two years ago, I began to see that God was speaking in greater quantity and in greater measure and with greater clarity. I would say that as I would come to a weekend service and prepare to deliver the word of God, you know, it's like you're, you're serving a cup, that you're pulling water out of a well you've dug, and you're, you're bringing that cup. And prior to that season, that decision beginning, it was like I, was, I had a, a bucket that God had tapped for me through my preparation and time with him. But I'm only able to really serve a cup. 
here in a weekend service. But there's a bucket that God has filled up for me. Praise God. I feel like now, since this change of direction over the last couple years, it's like I have a swimming pool. And I'm still serving a cup, but God's, he's put a swimming pool. But that's so important. Because any time I need to serve a cup, guess what I have? I've got an abundance of what's been tapped. And I said to our leaders and our staff recently, I said, listen, what's really important, I think, right now that God is saying for all of us is that we, too, make reading the word of God, hearing the voice of God, our number one priority. Because if that's not flowing in, I don't know where you're leading from. I don't know what you're what you're serving. I don't know what you're speaking from if the word of God isn't flowing into you more abundantly than what it is that you're serving out. Because if what's coming in is less than what's going out, here's what inevitably happens. You begin serving from your own strength. You begin offering out from your own strength and from your human nature rather from the spiritual part that God wants to pour into you. And that simply will not do in building the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? And so what we see through Scripture is that God calls to those who want wisdom. God calls to those who want to know and hear His voice and operate and live their lives from the leading of His voice. He calls us to a very interesting, I will call it, uh, like formula or a relationship. He says you actually need to listen more than you speak. Oh, man, I'm going somewhere with this. He says you need to listen and hear more than you're speaking. Now, here's what I've been noticing in a lot of the present day difficulties, challenges, and issues that we're facing, whether it be in schools, whether it be in our communities, a lot of these things, okay? I've noticed, I've observed that a lot of people are saying some really stupid things. <laughs> okay? People that I know, listen, let me, let me further that. People that I know have the right motive. But the way they're saying what they're saying and what they're saying, it sounds really bad. And I don't think it's a good representation of Christ. This is what happens when we begin to speak more from our nature than from God's nature. This is what happens when not enough of God's voice is speaking into our lives to actually drive and affect what's flowing out of our mouth and off of our lips. Let me just bombard you real quick with some scriptures about this formula or relationship. James says, let every person be quick to hear, but slow to speak. Proverbs says, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding. All he cares about is expressing his own opinion. Do you see a man who's hasty in his words? There's more hope for a fool than for him. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. He who answers a matter before he hears it is folly and shame to him. Whoever restrains his words has knowledge and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. And this is my favorite one. This is Proverbs ten nineteen. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. But he who restrains his lips is wise. Let me sum all that up in a way that actually Jesus represents perfectly. He says, I've never said a word that the Father didn't tell me to say. And I've never done an action that the Father didn't tell me to do. Now that's perfection, and, and we'll never achieve perfection. But what I'm trying to get you to see is that Jesus modeled this perfectly. And out of all the words that Jesus spoke, he said, there's never a word that came out of my mouth that the Father didn't give me to say. <laughs> I wonder how many things I'm saying that God didn't give me to say. Gut check. But if I'm honest, my heart that's been stolen by Jesus, it really is to only say what he wants me to say. 
and do what he wants me to do. But in my life of seven days a week and all my conversations and my wonderful opportunities and privileges to influence people and to lead in a community, to have a voice with people where it might impact the outcome of their lives, I need to say what Jesus wants me to say. I don't need to say what comes from me. I need to say what's coming from him. So the message tonight, it's a speaking season. I believe God is saying to his people, I see the times that you're in. I understand the calamity in the land. I'm ready to speak. I'm ready to guide. I'm ready to direct your path by my voice. But you have got to train your ear. Because this idea of hearing the voice of God, I'm going to give you a few points tonight that are really like impactful it's, when it comes to understanding the voice of God. But what you've got to realize is that it just doesn't accidentally happen. You, you won't fall into it. It's probably not going to fit in a nice, neat, little convenient box that you have open in your schedule. <laughs> it's probably not. But let me ask you this. If the God of the universe promises to speak to us, <laughs> can anything be more necessary? Really? You see, the first thing that I want to point out to us as a child of God, sons and daughters, young and old, hearing the voice of God is part of your birthright. It's part of your birthright. When we are born again or made alive by the Spirit of God, you understand we actually step in to an inheritance. It's like this full list of everything that comes to you because you're an heir. And part of that is the great privilege of hearing the voice of God in your own life. Prior to the fulfillment of Jesus' work, the voice of God operated differently in the lives of his people. After the work of Jesus, it becomes available to every single one of us in our daily lives through the Holy Spirit. John 16, 13 says this, When he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you of things to come. Jesus, who is announcing and introducing the coming of the Holy Spirit, he says, he's going to speak to you. He's going to speak to you about things that you can't know without a heavenly revelation. A revelation is an uncovering or an unveiling. It's like a curtain drops. We begin to see with eyes of the Spirit. Things that you can't see with eyes of the natural. It takes God to do that. But he says, I will, I will do that for my children. Let's look at John chapter 10. Flip over there if you have your Bibles. And uh, this is a story where Jesus talks about a shepherd and sheep. And so I've got like five verses, and then we're going to jump down and read a couple other verses. And I think you'll see the theme that I'm trying to draw out. Verse 1, it says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, that same is a thief and a robber, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep, listen, the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jumping down to verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. As the Father knows me, and so I know the Father, I lay my life down for the sheep, and the other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them I also must bring. Now, he's talking about Jews and Gentiles alike, actually, coming into one fold. And they will hear my voice, 
and there will be one flock and one shepherd. In the last verse here, jumping down to verse 27, he says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Wow. He says, if you're part of my flock, which is being born again by the Spirit of God, he says, you, you have a right to know my voice. You actually are, are given this through a birthright of grace. You don't earn it, but God's going God's to speak to you. He's going to reveal things to you that you cannot obtain access to in an earthly environment. That's frankly astounding to me. And the voice of God comes to us, you know, in different ways. There are people who hear God through dreams and visions. It's awesome. My mom, actually, she's somebody who, she dreams some powerful dreams. She'll wake up at times and, you know, she just knows that the Lord is speaking to her. And many times she'll call me and share a dream with me. And I'm, I'm telling you, like, it's an uncanny how many times months later we understand the fulfillment of what that dream actually was. It's so much so that we've come to like when she gets a dream, I pray over it and I begin to like ask the Lord, like, man, lead me through what you're trying to say here. So God speaks to us through other people too. Do you know that? God speaks to us through other people. In 1 Kings 19, God was speaking to Elijah. It says that he actually spoke in a still small voice, which another translation describes as a gentle whisper. For me, this is primarily how I hear the voice of God, is through that gentle whisper, that still small voice. It's the Spirit of God speaking to me in my spirit. It's not an audible voice, but it's a, it's a voice that God is speaking in my spirit by His Spirit, and I've come to learn it, to locate it, to understand like when God is speaking. And most importantly, as Jesus says, when you hear the voice, you follow it, you obey it. You see, this is a big part of hearing the voice of God, is that we obey what he says. There's obedience that follows that. You see, there are two words in the scriptures that are used to describe the word of God. There's a word called logos in the Greek, and there's a word called rhema. Okay, now listen, this is really, really big. If you've never heard this before, the logos is the general word of God. It's his word. It's the scriptures, the logos, the word of God that's been given to us. But when you see in the Greek, the word rhema used, it means a dynamic, timely spoken word in the moment that is bringing in birth faith and understanding. Okay, let me give you an analogy. When you see the word time in the scripture, that's always what it is in the English, but there's sometimes it's chronos in the Greek, and there's sometimes it's kairos in the Greek. Chronos means just a general sense of time, just a period, a season, or whatever. Kairos means a very specific, opportune moment, opportunity divinely presented that is realized. So, Rhema and Logos relate pretty similarly, in my opinion, to how Kronos and Kairos relate. So, in order for us to hear the word and the voice of God in our daily lives, which would be the Rhema, it would be the divinely revealed spoken word in the moment, that is dynamic and that is bringing faith for what's needed right then and there. Listen to me. We have to feast on the logos, the, the word of God, in order to be susceptible to hear the rhema, the dynamic spoken word of God in a moment that leads and directs our paths in our daily living. Does that make sense? P Peter said, Whenever God told, Jesus told him to drop the net down on the side of the boat. You remember that? They've been fishing all night, haven't caught anything. And Jesus says, throw it on the other side of the boat. Peter's like, all right, Lord. I mean, think about it. He's a professional fisherman, right? Been fishing all night, caught nothing. And Jesus says, just throw the net on the other side of the boat. Okay, it's really that simple, Lord. Okay. But he says, you know what? 
We've been fishing all night. We've been toiling. We've caught nothing. Nevertheless, here's what he says. At your word, Jesus, we will lower the net. The word in the Greek is rhema. He says, you know what? At your spoken word, at your command, at your guidance in this situation, God, we will obey. And you all know the rest of the story, right? The nets were bursting just about and breaking with all the fish that they caught. I mean, it's like us saying, God, I've tried this a hundred times. Lord, I've been down that road before. Lord, you don't understand. I've done everything I know to do to fix this relationship, to mend this situation, to get out of this problem and trial that I am in right now. I've done it all, Lord. And Jesus says, no, I'm speaking now. And we say, you know what? Nevertheless, at your reign of God, I will do what you say. And we pull up a net that's bursting with fish. That's what the word of God can do for us in our lives. But those who are not God's sheep will not hear his voice this way. Jesus even said uh, when he was talking to Pilate, he says, look, only those who follow me who are of the truth can hear my voice. Jesus also said to the Pharisees, the reason you do not hear what I'm saying is that you are not of God. Now, this is a powerful revelation because if you if you read a lot of what Jesus talked about and what he said, a lot of times he said this statement, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. That sound familiar? It's just interesting because Jesus is saying, I know you are all hearing me, but those who have an ear to hear me, let him hear. He's like saying, there are words that are coming out in the atmosphere, but those who have a trained ear, those who are born of the Spirit, let him get revelation what the Spirit of God is saying here and now in this Kairos moment by the rhema. We have access to that. We have an invitation to that, and God is petitioning us to come and be led by his voice. You know, there are different levels of hearing. There are those who are incapable of hearing. But then there are those with just an untrained and undeveloped ear. This would be like a new believer that's learning to hear and understand the voice of God. There are those with dull hearing. It's like their hearing's just clogged up. They've become desensitized to the voice of God. They need to unclog their ears and get retrained in their ear. And then there are those with perceptible hearing. And so when Jesus says, let him who have ears to ear hear, it means to have both the faculties and to be perceptible in the moment to what is being said. You see, I can have an ear that is able to hear, but not be hearing what God is saying. To hear the word of God means to both have the faculty but also to be perceptible to what is being said. Listen, in order for us to hear with clarity, we've got to pursue that. We've got to go after that. It's got to be like a fire that is burning that we are tending to. Right? Samuel's in the temple, and he's actually the closest one in all of Israel to the ark of God at this moment, there is a lamp that's in the temple and it says that it's about ready to go out because the evening is almost over, but the priests were responsible for tending to the flame, making sure that the wick and the oil were always replenished so that the fire could continue to burn. What I'm trying to say is, for those who want to be in position like Samuel was, to hear the voice of God, we, as you know, members of a priesthood now in Christ, must be tending to the flame by allowing the Spirit and the fire of God to burn in us, and by us pursuing that. Let me say it this way, or ask it this way. Is it something you can't live without? Because for me, the voice of God has become so paramount in my life, not just as a pastor, but in my role as a husband and as a father and all the things I'm called to do. It's become so paramount that I'm telling you, I could not live without it. 
Jesus says, my words are spirit and they are life. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded from the mouth of God. It is necessary for life and daily living. In the book of Amos, God said, you have neglected me so much and you have been dormant and negligent to pursue me so much that this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring a famine of the word of God in the land. And it's not going to be a famine of bread and water. It's going to be a famine of the word of God. And once you finally start to experience the repercussions of a famine or a lack of the voice of God in the land, you're going to start seeking it out to and fro, and it's not going to be anywhere to be found. Because you've drifted away from me. (laughs) My heart yearns for that daily bread. My spirit craves the voice of God so much so that if it begins to fade, I become frantic. God, I want to hear from you. I need to hear from you, Lord. What are you trying to say? You see, my role here at Life Church X as the senior pastor is to seek God and to hear what God is saying for the vision of our church. That, that's my role. But let me put it like this. I have a role to my wife and children as well. I need to hear what God is saying for our family. And you, as parents and as leaders of your households and of your businesses and of your job in your community, you guys, we all have a responsibility to hear what the voice of God is saying in our situation at any given time. God might take away this role at some point as the leader of this church for me, but I will never stop being a father and a husband. I've got to seek that out. I've got to know what God is wanting to say to our family, the vision for our home, for my calling at any season in my life. And I've got to be pursuing that and discerning what God is saying in any given moment. John goes on to explain to the members of the early church, he says that there, you need to test spirits. He says there's voices that are, of, there's God's voice and there's voices that are not of God. And he says, and, and I'll get, the God will give us discernment to know the difference. So let me put it this way. There are a lot of voices in our world today. There's a lot of chatter. And if we are perceptible, we will discern those things that are being said and spoken that conflict with what we know God would want to say. So important that as believers, we can discern the difference. That we can test the spirits even that are behind the things and the words that are being spoken. And then we can maneuver and make decisions and choices based on what we know God is leading or not leading us to do in any given moment. And we have to obey. You see, in the times where God's voice began to become increased in the land, when seasons of speaking more from God began to elevate in a land, this is what you'll find. God wasn't speaking more to tell the people all the things that were wrong in the world around them. God actually first started speaking more to explain the changes that they needed to make internally. So there must be a humility about us that understands God is as God speaks to us. It's not that he's just speaking to us to try to show us all the things that are wrong in the world out there there that we are all part of. God is wanting to speak to us to help us see how we can become more Christ-like that we might be a better representation of him in the places where things are dark and where things are not going well. But if we think God's going to just start speaking and he's going to just point out all the things that are wrong around us, instead of first dealing inwardly with our own hearts, then we might miss the increase of frequency and intensity that God wants to begin to reveal more things to us with. We've got to be ready for that. And we've got to know how to handle it when he does. Did you know that there are times where God will speak to you? And this is unbelievable. He doesn't necessarily want you to go run and tell that to someone else. 
Okay, I'm going to go somewhere with this because I think this is a really important teaching point. There are a lot of times where God is speaking to us, but this is what I've noticed like immature believers a lot of times will do. They'll hear something from God, and I think they genuinely hear something from God, but then God didn't tell them to go repeat that. Or he didn't tell them to go kind of hammer somebody with what they heard. And so as an immature believer, they, they hear God, but they get the timing or the presentation wrong. So there needs to be just as much understanding and faith around what God's saying as there is what he's telling us to do with that. You can tell you something, I've learned this in my, in my marriage, okay? There would be a lot of times where God would speak to me about things that were happening in the marriage and things that, you know, needed to be changed. And I would go and tell my wife, hey, you need to change this, you need to change that, this needs to change. Hey, back to, back to God speaks to us to other people. You know a lot of times the Holy Spirit sounds like my wife? But I would go around and say these things, and if you can believe it, it had a terrible outcome. It did not go well. And I remember one day, you all laugh, like, you know, like this, you know, this is your pastor talking here, right, being real vulnerable. I remember one day, and it wasn't so long ago, actually, that God was like, I'm not telling you that so you can go tell her. I'm telling you that so that you can pray for her with the authority that you're given by the anointing that you have on your household. <laughs> that kind of changed a lot for me. I'm more restrained now than I am quick to release. I want to be sure God's not only saying what he's saying, but that God is releasing me to deliver that. That's what Jesus represented. I don't see anything the Father didn't tell me to say. And more so, how and when he told him to say it. That's the agent that I want to be for God. Paul even said it this way. He said, it's in 2 Corinthians 12, I believe. He said, God showed me these miraculous visions. He even spoke in the third person. You know, I know a man who was caught up into the third heaven, and he saw incredible and explainable visions and revelations from God. But this is what was astounding to me. He said it was 14 years ago. So did you know that Paul had this literally life-changing experience with God, caught up into the third heaven, saw things that he says, man, it's not even lawful for men to repeat, meaning God didn't even give me permission to say it. 14 years, he was the only one that knew about that. And then in a, a moment, a kairos moment, God says, it's, it's appropriate for you to share a little bit of that right now, but just a little bit. He didn't even go in to talk much about what he saw. He just said, uh, this happened, because they were really interested in visions and dreams there at the place he was ministering at. What I'm trying to say is, there are a lot of things God wants to say to us, and there's only a fraction of those that God wants us to deliver. I want God doing more in me <laughs> than even what's coming out of me. I want the flow in to be so plentiful that I could never actually have everything that comes in go out. God says, I want to speak to you. I want to do work in you with great abundance. But there are times where God needs us to speak. And God needs people who know his word, who know his truth, Speaking in places of influence and authority right now in our day. But they got to be his words. Would you agree with me? They got to be his words. And we got to tremble. And we got to know in humility that if we're going to be impactful, we got to say what God wants us to say. You know, Ezekiel had a tough mission to deliver some tough words to a rebellious people. And you know what God said? This is amazing. He says, what I have for you to say is going to be so challenging and so tough. How many of you know, when, sometimes when God speaks to you, he says something that is not going to be easy for you to handle. It is not going to be easy for you to handle. And sometimes God speaks to you and he tells you things you're not even asking questions about. That's when you know you're really hearing the voice of God. He's telling you things that you're asking, but he's telling you things you're not even asking questions about. Warnings and things to be aware of and look out for in your life that you didn't even ask him about. And the voice of God's just flowing in. But he said to Ezekiel, he says, you got a tough mission. And so 
here's what I'm going to do. It's, it's going to be so hard for you to say what I want you to say and not say what you want to say that I'm going to cause the tongue of your mouth to stick to the roof of your mouth and you're going to be mute. And I'm going to hold you up in your home. And then when I'm ready to speak, I'm going to put words in your mouth and then I'm going to release your tongue from your mouth so that you can speak only what I've said. And then when you're done, I'm going to stick the, root, the tongue back to the roof of your mouth again. Wow. That's a powerful picture of God saying, I only want you to say what I'm saying. And I don't want you to say anything that I'm not and have people think it's coming from me. I need true ambassadors. I don't need false ambassadors. I don't need a little bit of me mixed in with a lot of you. I want my words to be what people are hearing. So I guess what I'm saying is that this comes with a responsibility. Does that make sense? We've got to be prepared to handle it well. And the last part of this I would say, and this is really a passion point in this message for me. We have to train the next generation to hear the voice of God. Did you know Samuel, I, I'm convinced that Samuel would have never tapped in to knowing the voice of God if Eli hadn't trained him to hear it. He said, it's, it's God speaking to you. After the third time, he said, hold on, it's not me, and you're not, having, you're not hearing voices. It's God. And then Samuel proceeded. And you know, God called Samuel. He became the first prophet and priest of Israel. He anointed David king that actually brought the lineage of the king, Jesus, who became king, prophet, and priest. He had a big call. Took the voice of God to awaken that call in his life and to begin to lead him down the destiny that he had for him. But we got to train the next generation to hear the voice of God. Joel said, God's going to pour out his spirit over sons and daughters, young and old. Young people can be taught to hear the voice of God. Katie and I, I think one of our greatest endeavors in the way we raise our children in the ways of the Lord is to help them to hear the voice of God in their life. Because if they can hear the voice of God and develop a trained ear, then wherever they go in their life and wherever God takes them, I know that they will have what they need to see their way through. I can't be there all the time. I'm well aware of that now, even with just one teenager. But the voice of God, if they learn to hear that, can direct them in their lives anywhere he wants them to go, and they're better off in his hands even than they are in my hands. But that's my role. That's my task. That's my mandate, is to help them hear the voice of God. And I think we as believers parents and grandparents and leaders in the body of Christ, we need to wake up and say, we need to train the next generation to hear the voice of God. That's what will sustain them. That's what's going to see them through when they need wisdom from heaven to combat an earthly problem. Because Jesus says, listen, Jesus says, the flesh profits nothing. If we're pulling from flesh in our times of earthly problems, then we're dealing with with an earthly problem, with an earthly solution. I want a heavenly solution to an earthly problem because this is a superior kingdom and this is an inferior kingdom. That's the level I want to operate from. But we have got to train the next generation to hear the voice of God. And I want to say this, and this is not a political statement, okay? I thought a lot about this, and I prayed a lot about this this week before I decided if I wanted to say this. This is not a political statement. But what our kids are being taught in our schools, it's not okay. It's not okay. I'm not saying everything. I'm saying there are a lot of things that are blatantly contradictory to the word of God. And you just call a spade a spade when you see it. There are a lot of things that are being taught, propagated, and it's not okay. You say, well, what do I do with that? That's a harder question. Because I don't know that there's one right answer. I know some people are taking their kids out of school and homeschooling. Some kids are taking their kids and putting them in private school. And some kids are leaving their kids in school. Listen, I don't, you got to get a rhema. 
You got to be led by the word of God and the voice of God for you in your situation. I don't know. But here's what I do know where we all come together in this thing is that we need to make sure our kids know what the voice of God sounds like and what the voice of God is saying. Because that's what's actually going to lead them through any of those things that they might face in a world that they're dealing with out there. That's what we're really called to do. The last thing I want to say, and I close with this, is that when we hear the voice of God, part of it is it just brings such peace and joy to us in our lives. It's inexplainable. I mean, the peace and the joy that I have in knowing the God of heaven is willing to speak to me about my life. I can't wrap my head around that. (laughs) But I'm just grateful for it. And how God speaks to us, it's up to him how he does that. You say, well, I'm, I'm asking God a question and he hasn't answered. Well, that's God. He's God. Sometimes my kids ask me questions and I don't answer them. There's times where they ask me a really hard question and I don't know how to answer it. So I have to wait until I know that's not how God handles things, but there are other times, because he knows everything, but there are other times I don't answer it because they're not ready to hear the answer. You're asking me a question at six years old that you're not going to be ready to hear the answer to until you're 12, (laughs) minimum. And so, you understand what I'm saying? So when we're talking to God, we're seeking God, his voice, we've got to know he's sovereign. So when he withholds, He's sovereign, and when he releases, he's sovereign. But he says, I will speak to you. But frankly, one of my greatest joys is that whenever I talk to God, and I do very often, (laughs) even when I'm not hearing an answer, listen, and I want to leave you with this. I pray that this blesses you. It brings me great joy to just talk to God And know that he's listening. Peter says, the Lord's ears are open to the prayers of his children. He always hears us. He's never closing his ears. He's never blocking us out. Not now, I'm busy. I don't want to hear that. You've asked me that a hundred times. Stop. We do that as earthly parents, don't we? Can we be honest? God never does. I may not always hear the answers that I'm looking for. I might not always hear from God in the timeline that I would like to, but it brings my soul great joy and peace to know that God is always listening to what I have to say. And that puts a smile on my face. Those who hear the voice of the Lord are those who are willing to make that the highest priority. Samuel, and this is this is figures, this is a, a metaphor, picture, okay, for us in our lives. But Samuel was the closest person to the ark of God in all of Israel when God awakened the calling. Those who are closest to Jesus, seeking intimacy with him, will be quick. Frequent to hear the voice of God in our daily lives. And when we begin to align ourselves personally, individually, and corporately as a church, when we begin to align ourselves with what God is saying right now in this Kairos moment, what is the rhema in this Kairos? When we begin to align our lives, our churches, everything we do with what God is saying right now, folks, it's unprecedented the kind of impact that God can bring in our land. We need to hear the voice of God. Amen? So I want to pray as we close that God would open our ears. Now, if you've never given your heart to Christ, if you've never made Jesus Lord, I would say it to you this way, you've got to get born again. Before you can hear the voice of God. You got to become a part of the family of God. By confessing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Turning from your old life. And turning entirely to him. 
And then you become a part of the flock, and you're given that birthright of being able to hear God's voice. But I, and so if that's you, I encourage you, pray. Ask Jesus into your heart right now. Ask him to forgive you of your sin and be born again. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Be made a child of God. And his voice become clear to you in your life. But I would imagine that there's probably a majority of people here tonight who fall into one of the other categories. Either you have an undeveloped ear or you have perhaps a, a dull ear or maybe you are very perceptible to the voice of God. Whatever it might be, I'm just going to pray over us tonight as a church that God would train our ear, possibly open up our ears if they're dull, show you what might be in your life that needs to change, and God would continue to develop our ability to be perceptible to what he's saying day in and day out in our lives. Amen. You want that prayer tonight? You want to receive that? You got to want it, you know. But I do believe as we pray that God's going to do something really powerful. Jesus says, you has ears to hear, let him hear. Let him hear. You want to hear? We need an ear. So Father, in Jesus' name, I pray right now, God, it's spiritual ears would be opened up, unclogged, ears that have become dull and desensitized, those who have not heard the voice of the Lord in a long time. God, I pray that their ears would be opened up tonight and that your voice would flow like sweet honey and fresh water on their soul, God. Begin to speak to them and guide them. If there be anything in their life that perhaps has caused their ear to become dull, Lord, would you, Holy Spirit, convict them of that, even now in this moment, and guide them in the changes that need to be made. But I pray also, Lord, and I, I ask with every bit of faith I have for our younger generation right now, that you will begin to train their ear. Just put your hands on your ears right now, if you don't mind. I feel the Lord saying this. If you don't, if you be so bold, just put your hands on your ears. Lord, right now, would you touch, touch, touch the ears, spiritual ears of every person in this house tonight. Let the voice of the Lord become plentiful in the land. Let times of open vision and widespread revelation not be rare, but be plentiful. Let the word of God be abundant in this house and in their house and in their daily lives, Lord. Let this be a time of increased speaking. Help us, God, to listen and to hear and to speak when and how you say is necessary. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, I hope this has blessed you tonight. Hallelujah. It's time to listen, right? It's time to hear what God has to say. We need that more than we need anything.